Alec Baldwin and the brother Jonathan Majors have had a very, very different experience in the uh, court of public opinion. In the court of, I don't know what to call it, man, corporate opinion. Let's go with that. In the court of corporate opinion, there's been a very different experience with Alec Baldwin and Jonathan Major. So let's talk about it. And most importantly, the most important part of this conversation is how we can benefit from this type of privilege. All right. Welcome to Get On Code, the Fly Guy Show, which is a series of melanated conversations focused on empowerment, health, wealth, and knowledge of self. People think in binary choices because they are conditioned to. And on the wall was a picture of a wolf and a lion. I think the wolf was the Democratic Party, the lion was the Republicans. But the drug trade and all these illegal stuff that uh, people do, that's still economics. It's just that they couldn't do it in a traditional system. We're talking about melanated wealth. So we can build wealth, but we just, for some reason, don't seem to be able to transfer it. You had a great experience. Fine. That means nothing. What were you told as a child about education? You had to be how many times better? Every impression without an expression becomes depression. Code keepers, I'm uh, finishing up 10 of my push-ups. I'm doing that 100 push-ups a day challenge that Dr. Inky has me on. All right. Yeah, the, the, the blue magic. That's the blue magic heart challenge. Oh, wow. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. The whole world going to know who I am, uh, as our good brother Andre 3000 says. Yeah, that's the uh, 100. I've actually been calling it the All About the Benjamins Challenge. Mm. <laughs> 100 well, we push-ups We got to get you in the search engine. We got to get you in the search engine, so you got to start hashtagging it, you know, Blue Magic Heart Challenge, because that's that's the whole that's the whole premise is it really is it surrounds heart health you know um and we go through you know we deal with a lot stress you know we we like to smoke you know we 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 do a lot of things that um really tax the heart and so most of our illnesses surround that and um yeah them push-ups could do more than any medicine to date and this is documented by Harvard now, so it's it's, it's it's a thing. All right, well, look, we're going to be talking today about what's happening with Alec Baldwin and Jonathan Majors, right? They're having a very different experience in the court of public opinion and the court of corporate opinion. And ultimately, you know, the Get On Code Show is all about empowerment. So we want to make sure that we can benefit from the type of privilege that Alec Baldwin is getting and stay away from the BS that brother Jonathan Majors is getting. So, you know, the first question, is that white privilege? Is it white power? Is it both? And I'm speaking about what's happening with, you know, Alec Baldwin, brother Alec Baldwin. Is that white privilege, white power, both? What do you think? What do you say, uh, minister? You know, simplistically, one would go with white privilege, white power. Um, having followed what happened with Alec Baldwin, uh, it's not so simple. Because for those of you who may remember, 
the situation with Alec Baldwin is very similar to what happened to Bruce Lee's son, Brandon, on the set, where mysteriously you had a live gun show up, getting past security, and all of a sudden it's used in a scene and it kills a member of the uh, ensemble. Okay. So I don't know if we can just simplistically say it's white privilege per se. Um, I know he was ultimately acquitted, if I'm not mistaken. And I don't even think he was arrested or did any jail time uh, for the situation. Um, in the case of Jonathan Majors, Now, the first time I've ever heard of this brother was Creed Three. okay? Afterwards, he was front page, Ebony Magazine, um, dressed in pink, okay? In what I would call a very less than masculine pose. And then all of a sudden, the alleged situation that took place in Times Square with, I'm assuming, his uh, significant other, okay? And the fallout from that, where it's like everybody has basically left him for dead, his PR team, his management team, et cetera, so forth. And, you know, it was something interesting in an interview that Eddie Griffin once said, is that African men who come into the arena of, I guess you would call it propaganda. I won't even call it entertainment. But when you go into that propaganda arena as an African man, rarely do you leave on your own terms. Okay. And my question is, what do they have on you to the point to where they can destroy you in a moment's notice? That's a good question. That's a good question. So you're saying it's not just white privilege, there's some other stuff happening behind the scenes that uh, we have to really kind of configure. So the question, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I, won't, I won't make it simplistic because you know there's other dynamics at play. So, so we wanna make sure that you know we, we uh, put those into the record. Got you. What do you think, Ink, man? White privilege, white power, both, a whole lot of other stuff. What do, what do you think, bro? I'm going um, to I'm going to simplify and, and complicate things at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to uh, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to definitely agree with what Minister's saying, but I'm going to also add in. You know any of the machinations of business that goes on in America are going to have some degree of white power um, draped in, draped around or, or mixed into the, the goings-ons. And the reason I say that is because we're always... 99% of us are always starting from the beginning. We're starting from the beginning. No contacts, no money reserves, 
um, no network, at least not the network that um, that can open the doors for us and, and hold the doors open that we, you know, that we need. And so those are the things that coupled with our vices and um, yeah, those are the things that coupled with our vices and the ability to satiate those vices and those wants and desires at the snap of a finger um, later on become, you know, the heaven becomes hell. It's not two different places. Heaven and hell are the same place, just a different perspective. So when you're coming out of poverty and you don't have anything and you, you're longing for lots of things through your work and your dedication and you, you know, owning your craft or honing your craft rather, you get to a space where you have a value intrinsically and that value allows you to now be around people that can take care of some issues for you just like that. You know, um, whether those are family issues, like we saw in the BMF show, uh, one of the young gentlemen, his mom was in the hospital so that the police were able to work him by saying, hey, we can get your mom out of this hospital and put her into a better hospital. Or, you know, these are all a part of the ways the strings get pulled. And so when you get these things and you agree to these things and, you know, you start having $70 breakfasts and $25 coffees, you work yourself into a space and um, you just don't realize that that space is, you know, it's a fishbowl. So, you know, whereas maybe Alec Baldwin, somebody who's, you know, second, third generation, you know, his family's plugged in and they may have some money reserves and some other things. If something comes along that they don't like, they can say, nah, I'm, you know, I'm not interested or, you know, and, and they can back up and they can take whatever blowback comes from the scenario where, you know, we got the houses made of sticks. We haven't, we haven't got the houses made of bricks yet. That's an interesting perspective. Uh, so are you kind of saying his white privilege, his white power comes from generational wealth while Jonathan Majors doesn't have that same benefit? It's not just the money, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to say that's why I kind of am, you know, like I was trying not to use wealth or money because the thing is this, and I learned this from just kind of moving around a little bit, but a lot of times people think like with the school system, right? And I learned this from Kim Porter. May she rest in greatness wherever she's at. Um, but you would think when your kid is in the public school system versus the celebrity kids and they pay, you know, like $5,000 a month for their kids to go to whatever school they're in, you would think that there's some huge gap in between what your kids are learning and what their kids are learning. And it's not that big of a gap. The difference is the people that you meet, the people you know, the relationships you form. The relationships, relationships can always get you more money. 
but money cannot always get you relationships relationships is the real value on earth it's not paper money gold bars cattle digital crypto like none of those things will ever be as valuable as humans people relationships and you know our morals are what couple us together because you know you can go to a new job or a new school and if you pull out, you know, some beer or some liquor, you're going to have friends immediately. Or if, you know, if you have a bunch of a new job and you you bust open, you know, you start pa pounding the pack of Newports, immediately people going to introduce themselves to you because they want to smoke some cigarettes with you. Like, we, we bind around vices very quickly, you know what I'm saying? Or the absence of morals, which is still morals. But that's how we group ourselves off. And, and those relationships, for better or for worse, are what determines your future more than anything else. Now, that's an interesting perspective because I deal strictly with empowerment. So you're saying kind of, I'm not going to restate it because you stated it so well. But I think that's a really good empowerment filter. That's a way of filtering what's happening, the difference between what's happening with uh, Brother Alec and what's happening with Brother Jonathan. Yeah. yeah. Jonathan may not be as tapped in as Alec is right now. No, no. Alec, I think his, isn't his whole family into, into, into the, the Hollywood scene? Yeah, because I know he's got two brothers. The youngest one is Stephen Baldwin. Uh, I remember him when he was in the movie Posse. Uh, yeah. back in the early 90s yeah okay and then there was i think there's an older brother i can't think of his name so it's kind of like you've got a family that has been in the acting business just like kirk douglas and then you see his son michael douglas or you take francis ford coppola you take his sister talia shire who was in the godfather trilogy and the rocky franchise and then coppola's nephew Nicholas Cage, really Nicholas Coppola. And the reason why Nicholas Cage went from Coppola to Cage is because he didn't want to carry that nepotism stigma. Okay. And what you were talking about earlier, Brother Inky, where your network is your net worth. Okay. Francis Ford Coppola served as a mentor to two of Hollywood's most powerful directors slash producers who were actually boys at uh, USC Film School. And I'm talking about Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. So mm -hmm. when you talk about building that network, wow. I'll put it this way. Who, will you, who would you rather have? Would you rather have a million people following you on your social media, or would you have 10 members of the Forbes 400 in your Rolodex? <laughs> Ten million, ten members of the Forbes in my Rolodex. Okay, so it's not just the network; it's it's the value of the network on top of that. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely who 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 are the people? Who are the relationships? Mm -hmm. That definitely determines the value and what it is that you're trying to do in life. You know what I'm saying? Because you might know some folks with a few dollars or they, they might be plugged in somewhere, but that might not be somewhere you trying to be involved in. You know, so if you plugged in, you know, you want specific doors to open up in your life. You need people in that sphere of influence. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, mm. a lot of times we just don't 
you know, we don't have that. You know, they they come from the Baldwins. You know, they come from Amityville. You know, we see we grew up watching Amityville horror story. You know what I'm saying? But they come from Amityville. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's it's a, it's definitely a different um, it's a different look. And uh, you know, I I just I get more disturbed honestly by the black culture vultures. Like, I, I know a lot of people like Umar Johnson, but Umar Johnson's a culture vulture. Because as soon as the brother jumped, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I want to let that marinate for a second. You said brother Umar, Doctor Umar is a culture vulture. Absolutely, black people are the worst black culture vultures. Absolutely, yeah. Beyond the shadow, do tell, bro. Because the what uh, John Majors is going through has nothing to do with him having a white girl or not. Like that, that's just something that can catapult Umar into people's conversations for the next 15 to 20 minutes. So, you know, he put all these memes out about Jonathan Majors getting snow bunnied. Like, that's the most ridiculous. That has little, to, very little to do with what's going on with Jonathan Majors. What's going on with Jonathan Majors is obvious. We've seen it a thousand times already. You got yourself into a situation by playing ball with a very specific group of individuals and you got yourself a few dollars. You done been in a couple of blockbusters and now you feel like your legs is big enough to stand on and you, you know, they offering you to do things and you're like, nah, I think I'll pass on that. No, no, no. I'm good on that. And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> That's not how this go champ. You getting ready to do this and this, or we getting ready to take from you what you think is making you strong enough to tell us no. And that includes the white girls. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the white girls are not, you know, the white girls are not empowered to make or break his contractual arrangements or his net worth or pull him out of Hollywood or blackball. That's that's not what this. That's not that. That's not what that is. They're they're just a part of the. You know, they're part of what's going on in terms of the new life that he's adopted to. But even if you go to his upbringing, he's from what Santa Barbara, California, somewhere. He's that's not. He's not from a closed-in uh, urban space where it's not you know, integrated where he's, he's, he's from around whites, blacks, and that's, that's a part of his tapestry already. You know what I'm saying? So he's from, where is he from? Let's look that up. Is, is he from Santa Barbara? Yeah. Let, let's look that up. I, yeah. I'm not sure either, but. Santa Barbara, California. Okay. Is he from, from Santa Barbara or is he <laughs> the Santa no. Barbara neighborhood? No, that's not right. Hood. Exactly. Exactly. So. So that's not, he, he didn't get snow bunnied. Like, we got to cut out the Umar Johnson foolishness. If anything, Umar Johnson is snow bunnied because we all saw his two wives when he got married. I didn't see his sister there. Right? Wait, 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 wait. He didn't marry two sisters? He married a very, very light, 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 <laughs> light, light <laughs> sister. <laughs> Right, which by the which by the the African rules she would fail. <laughs> okay, so the king of pan pizza, uh, as <laughs> Two Fists of the North Star says, 
I'm not down there. I, I still kind of like Umar, some of his statements. Uh, and I ain't got a problem with light folk. You know, I like light-skinned women. I like dark-skinned women. I like caramel. I like women. <laughs> I like all um, women. Yeah, I, I like Yeah, yeah, women. I like sisters. My, like thing sisters. Is just, my thing is just if you pump your chest and you, you're creating a narrative, you got to be able to stick to at least your own narrative. You're not supposed to pop up with no sisters, no lighter than me. If you if you if you hold on, hold on. is that is that is that coloristically possible, bro? <laughs> yes, yes. If you listen to his, if you listen to his rhetoric with his with his wide array of dashikis that he's bringing back from the seventies, if you if you listen to that rhetoric, you know that's what he's supposed to have. He's supposed to have a bunch of beautiful dark skinned women. You know what I'm saying and. If if that's not the case, then you got to let that go, champ. You got to stop using that to drum up media and likes and, and views for yourself. You got to find a new way to tap in. You know, you got you to find a new way to tap into the crowd. But I think there's another thing uh, I want to add into the equation. Um, when we go back and look at what was the alleged situation with Jonathan Majors, we have to remember the context in which we're operating, we're operating in a Me Too or a post Me Too climate. Absolutely, uh, okay. I, I think we, I think we are in an expanded. I think we're in an expanded okay. Me Too because it, it started with the women, and then it shifted into, you know, trans. You know, a trans mm. space. Let me say that a trans space. So I, I want to take it back but, to uh, Umar. But, I'm looking at the picture of Umar and these two sisters that reportedly, you know, one of our commenters said that that was theatrics. I don't know. I, those are theatrics. I don't know if he, you know, if he got married or not. Well, here's the um, thing. Okay. I, from a science standpoint. Look, that sister doesn't look like bright, Danny and white to me. From a science, <laughs> come on now, from a science standpoint, we can see the hair on the chocolate sister, if, if we want to call her, you know, that's the, she, she, she can represent chocolate, but we see the other sister there is, I don't know, like my mama, mess. mix that, my best, mama would right? okay, all right, you know, but, <sighs> but I wanted to go back to, to the thing where the dynamic I'm talking about in terms of you know, Jonathan Majors now being in this, in this Me Too climate, okay? So if we weren't in this Me Too climate, would Jonathan Majors be catching the type of hell that he's catching now? Because you, you got to remember, look who's in Hollywood. Look who's dictating policy in Hollywood and look what... Uh, I guess you would say, for lack of a better term, agendas are going on in Hollywood. I mean, when was the last time you ever heard of your PR and your management team dropping you like a bad habit? I mean, I'll be honest, the same thing happens in the black media universe. You got a lot of people in the black media universe that are into deviant sexual behavior. They're into the same sort of you know, forced sex, drug sex, child sex, uh, pedophile, you know, they're into a lot of that kind of stuff. And if you're not 
into those things, then you could find yourself on the outside very quickly. Like that's, you know, it just comes to, you know, people with deviant preferences in life that assume a position and now they only want to allow people into their doorway, so to speak, or their gateway that share the likes that they have, like-minded individuals. So, um, yeah, you've got a long-standing history in Hollywood of deviant sexual behavior, but um, it's everywhere now. And like I said, you know, I, I don't want to speculate because, like I said, the first time I've seen uh, Brother was in Creed Three, but when we look at, like I said, I call it the propaganda industry, not the entertainment industry. Um, because everything is political. And and I always go back to what uh, our ancestors like Bobby Wright and even Dr. Francis Cress Welsey says, you know, when you control images, okay, and if you don't control the distribution of those images, now they can be manipulated and can be sent out to send any type of message you want out to the world. Okay. Now, we look at someone like Majors. Okay. Now, I don't know what his, you know, physical dimensions are, height, weight, or whatever, but I can see how uh, the propaganda machine can easily portray him as uh, a brute, potentially as a thug. But you need to, but for someone who has a, a kind of a Jack Johnson persona, which Majors uh, kind of portrayed in the movie, you know, what do you do? You know, I was hearing something in a Jim Brown documentary, they interviewed Raquel Welch. And she said something intriguing about what is an actor and what is an actress. She said, an actor is something a little less than a man. An actress is something a little more than a woman. And she was talking about, you know, being on the set with Burt Reynolds and Jim Brown. And she says that in working with Jim Brown, there wasn't any ounce of femininity in him. He was just pure man. Okay. Hmm. So, so when we talk about images, you know, let's, let's look at how, you know, how each of these men have been portrayed, you know, the visuals, like everybody's looking at Alec Baldwin as this, uh, I guess you would say victim, someone who is being sympathized, empathized with, whereas you see someone like a Jonathan Majors, how is he being portrayed? What are the images that are being portrayed about Jonathan Majors to where he's guilty before we even get into a court of law? Okay. Hmm. So that's why yeah. I said, yeah, that's why I said I call it, I don't call it entertainment. I call it the propaganda industry. Because what are you, I do, what are you propagating? I do think that it's... Uh... Okay, the the this the chat is going crazy. They're having their own conversations. I do think it's interesting because when Alec Baldwin was first dealing with a situation where the gun went off and killed somebody, his management team didn't drop him. Right? 
Okay. Major's management team dropped him. I'm looking at an article from the Vulture that talks about all of the things that Jonathan Majors has been dropped from, right? Mm-hmm. So his management role, his management team dropped him. Film and television roles. All right. So yeah, you know, it's showing here that the man in my basement, nope, pulled. Otis and Zelma pulled. Uh, Avengers, the Kang Dynasty pulled. Spike Lee's understudy, Lionsgate 48 hours in Vegas pulled. Yo, brand deals. The MLB removed majors from their 2023 season ad campaign that was reportedly set to debut on Friday. Mm-hmm. Valentino and majors have also mutually agreed that the actor will no longer attend the Met Gala. Mm. Wow. So Valentino, the uh, the the clothing brand. Okay. They're like, nah, we good. We good with you. He's stepping mm-hmm. down from Gotham Film and initiative. You know what? That kind of reminds me of the Sydney slap. You know, we talked about how Sydney Poitier had that slap that was heard around the world. Yeah. And it looks like they just slapped Jonathan Majors and like, be gone. Mm. We don't need you. You know what? It's it didn't also happen to Alec Baldwin. No, I just wanted to uh, say real quick, it's also like steroids. You know, um, when you use the steroids, the steroids can help you develop muscle a lot faster. The steroids can help you. But if the steroids are taken away, you will shrivel up. Whereas, like, if you build it slow, calisthenics, you know, grains, nutritious food, it'll take you a lot longer to get there. But when you get there, it can't, the muscle can't be taken away just like that. And the way I'm likening that to the situation is when you get introduced to the world, bam, like that overnight, Mm -hmm. that's not really on your merit. It's because you've made a connection with this person. You went to this party, this place, and this, and this, and you made these connections with these people. And so based on your relationship with one or two people, they have relationships with 40 or 50 other people that run things. And so when you get plugged in with this management team, this one or two people, they're going to use their entire network to put you everywhere that they want you to be, you know, for whatever purpose it serves, business or other. The moment that that one or two people now, that relationship with that one or two people goes awry, all of those other contacts that you thought were your contacts, all that other muscle you had, all that other, it's gone. It's similar if you look at, for instance, if you look at what happened to Tom Cruise. What happened when they tried to do that to Tom Cruise? Tom Cruise was already strong enough to start to go ahead and finance in his own stuff. So when they said, oh, we're right, going we're gonna to pull the plug on Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise was like, pull the plug? <laughs> what plug? I already right. been seen everything. I know how much everything costs. I'm going to get me my I own movie boop. studio. I hire my oh. own writers, boop, 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 and I'm right, right. back. <laughs> there, were, there were a couple of dynamics that people may not know with Tom Cruise. 
what Cruz did is Cruz was ahead of the curve where he basically created his own company. Okay. His business partner was Paula Wagner. So they created Cruz Wagner Incorporated. So anytime anybody wanted to sign Tom Cruise, you couldn't sign just Tom Cruise, the actor. You had to sign Cruz Wagner Incorporated. So it wasn't like uh, uh, it, you know, a company dealing with an individual, it was company to company. Okay. And there was a situation where he was, he had a multi-deal, multi-picture deal with Paramount. Now, Sumner Redstone had just taken over Paramount and he started looking at the numbers saying, wait a minute, I'm not paying Tom Cruise $10 million a movie. So he sat down with Cruise and supposedly had a mutual parting of the ways. But to Inky's point, what Tom Cruise did, he basically built his own power base. So he's coming to the table from a position of strength and value. You know, it's not like he's begging for roles or begging for parts. He can be selective because he created his own power base. And that power base is Cruise Wagner Incorporated. Say cool. You're, you're muted. Sorry about that. Hey, look. One of the facts, you know, Kong was not pulled just yet. Event has not been pulled, it's still attached to it. But what's interesting is Disney is saying, you know, there's some internal conversations because. He's in a situation where he could sue Disney and do pull him. I don't think he was in that same situation with the other instruments and bad. But Disney, he could sue them. Because he signed a uh, $12 deal with them. They pulled the deal. He's in a position where he can sue them. Yes and no. So it's Leverage, man. That I would say yes and no, though. I, yes I and yes and no. Yeah. Because you can't really sue Disney and still think that you're so, coming back to do more yeah. business later. <laughs> like, so you could probably sue them and get whatever money is due to you for this scenario. But that would definitely fully end your run in Hollywood. Like, that would be like you deciding that you're done with Hollywood and you're just going to take whatever money you get from Disney and leave Hollywood forever, you could probably sue Disney. But if you intend on somehow revamping your name and your, your brand and getting back into the good graces of Hollywood, you, you can't sue Disney. Hmm. Yeah. You'd be making, you'd be, you'd be adding more powerful enemies to your blackballing situation. So I don't think that that would be the smart. It depends on what he's trying to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, there, there's rumors out there floating around that the reason why Kobe's helicopter mysteriously went down is because he was trying to start his own league, his own basketball league, and he was going to take some of the players, you know, so 
there's a lot of conversations floating around out there about, you know, people trying to do their own thing or, you know, and not necessarily working out the way it was planned, you know, so strategy is what you're trying to do. You know what I'm saying? But you got to realize that these relationships are, you know, they, they have to end the way they begin. So you can't do things that you're uncomfortable with that you don't that, you know, and then think later on that those things are going to stop. Once you start getting into a position, you got to know that whatever it is that you allowed or you did or you took part in or you looked the other way of in order to get in the door, you're going to have to do more of that to stay in the room. You know what I'm saying? Whatever you did to get in the door, you're going to need to do a lot more of that to stay in that room. So, yeah. And trust me, sex with a white woman is not one of those things <laughs> for the Umar, for the Umar followers. You're not, you're not, that is not initiation into the Illuminati by getting a white girlfriend. Like that's, that's not a thing. You know, you, you don't, you don't, it's not a sacrifice if you enjoy what it is that you're doing. That's like saying uh, homosexual sex is the way to get into the Illuminati. Well, if that was the case, what would be the sacrifice for somebody who is a homosexual person? Right? The whole idea of having something to blackmail someone with is something that they're embarrassed of, something they're ashamed of, not something they enjoy and would do for free. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So yeah, we, we gotta, we gotta, you know, it's bigger than what we think. You know what I'm saying? It's bigger than what's in movies. We can't think that the people who are pulling the strings are putting out movies on themselves to reveal how they pull the strings like that. Yeah. That's not how that works. You know? All right. All right. Well, let, let's, let's to a wrap. Let's bring this to the strategies and employ that we can benefit the type of privilege that enjoys. You mentioned earlier, you know, your network is your net worth and your safety system. You also mentioned connections. Um, what are some other things that you and I and we, the we, can do so we can have that same level of safety when we have, you know, everybody's going to have problems. But what can we do well, to make sure that we can handle it. Here's how I would approach it. Okay. Uh, Erica Badu says something very interesting. She says, if you enter into this industry and this, in her case, it was music. If you don't have a true knowledge of self, you will get thrown to the wolves. Okay. So you have to know exactly who you are what are your non-negotiables? What are your boundaries? Because a lot of times we walk into situations totally clueless as to who we are. And then we get turned inside out and upside down and not realizing which way is up. Okay. There's a thing I, I came up with last week. It's what I call CHIPS. And CHIPS stands for Character, Honor, Integrity, Principle, and Sanity. Okay. If you don't have a strong sense of chips, 
then anybody can manipulate you to do anything and be anything because you just want to get on so bad. So we have to really have a strong Bushido, uh, for lack of a better term, because if you don't have that, if your moral compass is either off or non-existent, it's lights out. I definitely agree with that. And then I would say probably, um, you know, um, parenting. We got to instill, you know, old school parenting. We got to instill certain values <clears throat> in our children um, so that if they wind up getting a few dollars when they get older, that money can circle back around to the community instead of being separated. And, um, you know, if we look at, for instance, here's an example that a lot of people will be familiar with. The final season of Snowfall just ended. The final show just ended. And what you see in the show is the Black mother literally um, at, you know, five seconds before her son Franklin is supposed to get $37 million, you know, for all this drug dealing, boop, boop, boop. And then he'll be able to kind of clean his hand, wash his hands and have legitimate businesses and holdings and, you know, their future children, blah, 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 blah. The mother, black woman, darker than me, shoots the guy and stops the money transfer and talks about how ashamed of him she was. And then... In the next few scenes, you see her talking to Franklin's best friend, Leon. Now, Leon is a active crack dealer in the projects. And his mother's <laughs> and Franklin's mother talk about how proud of Leon she is and blah, blah, blah. And I'm saying to myself, that right there is the thing. That's the thing. If we could change that. When you look at other groups of people, white yellow, red, even black folks that just aren't American. Their families are hardwired to sacrifice their life, their livelihood, or their freedom so that somebody else in the family can make it become successful. We have it hardwired into our brain that we will sacrifice our life, livelihood, or freedom to stop a friend or family member from making it to the next level. That is the thing. That is the internal mind bug that we have. And if we can get, if we can get around that, if we can somehow reformat that, you know, everything would start to fall in place. And when I say that we have black millionaires and billionaires in every different industry, we got inventors of air. So, why do we have a situation where majors is dropped from everything because he might, you know, disagree or step on the wrong person's toes because we don't have any system for him to fall back on. It's the same reason why some young folks coming up would say, Oh, I don't want to be a community leader. The community leaders get killed. And after they get killed, nobody steps up to take over their responsibilities to make sure their families are good. Their kids are good. This, that, and the other. Like, no, why would I want to be a leader of the community? That That's a burden that, you know, like 
we gotta make we gotta make it we we gotta you know we gotta make it so that you know there's there's you know we got cushions for folks you know we gotta have cushions for folks and we gotta have plan b c and d for folks and that's a two-way street you know because i'm not sure that jonathan majors took any of the money that he, you know, that he made from his films and invested it back into the community, back into the infrastructure, back into keeping the doors open, that he may have had to do something that he wasn't proud of to get through to make sure the next generation doesn't have to, you know. But those are the things we got to do. We got to invest in our infrastructure. You know what I'm saying? We got to do that. So. Yeah. I'll say. I'll say, well, hey, you've been checking out the Get On Code show. What we focus on empowerment, we say get on code, share the code, teach the code, become the code. Our code is empowerment. And there were some empowerment jewels that Dr. Anki and Minister Zumbi dropped today. I actually decided I'm just going to stay out of this and let y'all drop. And y'all were dropping it. <laughs> so, code keepers, hopefully you picked it. <laughs> oh, you say it was on Minister today. All right. <laughs> I was, I was, I was at, I was just throwing assist. He was, he was, you know. I <laughs> see what LeBron did with that that reverse dunk LeBron did last night. Last night was crazy. <laughs> I woke up like I had a hangover from watching the Lakers and Tank at the same time. I was, yeah, it was crazy. Oh wow, yeah. <laughs> but see, the great thing is, in every situation that's out there, we can find that empowerment message, and we can in press ourselves with that empowerment filter, that empowerment message, so we can move from, like you said, Minister Zumbi, empowerment to sovereignty. You got to move from empowerment to sovereignty. Right. But you got to get empowerment first. So, mm. hey, be ye empowered, and like we always say, drink your water. Make sure to get your 100 push-ups a day in. I have 80 more to do. Zumbi, you going to rock with us? Uh, I just had my shoulder uh, MRI, and I'm waiting for the results to come back. <laughs> well, you know you know that you can do stand, you can do standing wall push-ups. We take them all. Oh, we can do it? Okay. Yeah, you can do standing wall push-ups. We got folks that um, – because sometimes if you have – you know, like if you have really bad high blood pressure and some, you know, certain things, getting down on the floor and then standing back up just by itself can be a challenge with no exercise. You know, mm. and uh, so yeah, so we we you know, folks can do standing wall push-ups. We don't okay. we don't judge form. <laughs> we don't judge you know full range of motion. None of that. We just this is the first quarter. You know, the first. Okay. In fact. The first quarter is almost up uh, in a couple of days. The 26th will be one month of mm. the challenge. The challenge is four months, 120 days. But, um, yeah, the first part of it is just building that habit and muscle memory. Like, you know, every day okay. we work, you know, we work these tissues. And so mm. you start to clean out those tissues and start to add more vibrance and electricity to the organs attached to those tissues and, you know. Okay. Get that ball rolling. I like the way you put that, man. Movement makes electricity. Electricity heals. Um, and I, I kind of oversimplified some of the things that I've learned from you. I've really oversimplified it. But 
in a simplistic manner, movement creates electricity, electricity heals. So uh, that works. At, a, at a different conversation, we're going to let you go a little deeper on that. <laughs> it's forthcoming. And you've been checking out Get On Code. You had your water. So like I said, hey, drink your water. Contact your family. Reach out to them. Give them hugs and kisses. They miss you. Focus on empowerment. Focus on love. And we love y'all. All right? Peace. Peace. Peace.